The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Friday, everybody. Eric France and Andre Salveson here on a cloudy, a little bit chilly of a day here in Cass It's Valley Friday. It's Friday. But it is, it's Friday. It, that's all that matters to us, Eric, is that it is Friday. It's here. Um, it is cool. Did you cover your tomatoes? No, I, I forgot. Last night? They froze over, too. <laughs> so, yeah. You're, um, you're quite the green thumb over there. Oh, well, yes, I am. So, in order to greet you for Friday... much better <laughs> you you hate that so badly i love it that's why i do it just for you. i don't it like changes my mood and i don't know if it's it in a good way it doesn't change your mood you love it it's the best thing you've ever been able to partake of uh last night's nba draft utah jazz didn't have a first pick uh, or some a first round pick but they definitely had a second round pick and Things got crazy, and all of a sudden they had three players on their roster. Uh, we heard that the Jazz had the possibility that they might um, move up. They could pay to move up in the draft, and they kind of did that, and they kind of bought another pick, too. I mean, they didn't really pay to move up, but they traded a future second-round pick. Uh, so they actually ended up with three players out of the second round where initially they only had the one pick late in the draft. And they end up with three guys late in the draft and uh, all kind of different skill sets. How many, which one of those guys will really actually end up in a Jazz roster as a rotation guy playing regular minutes? Which one of these guys will be on the G League team? Which one of these guys will be looking for work elsewhere after the camp is, is over? So uh, that's still to be determined, but what an insane evening with so many trades and so much movement that went on in that draft last night. It was it was hard to keep track of who was getting whom. Yeah, it really was. I mean, and, and that's starting from pick six all the way to pick 32. There was just chaos. Well, even pick four was in the mix with some of the trades that just happened this, in the last yeah, week. Atlanta. So. And how about, by the way, how about Atlanta getting DeAndre Hunter? I mean, that's who they wanted. That's the guy they were going after, and they get him. Uh, so they can thank the Lakers for that one. Uh, and, and the Suns, um, <sighs> drugs are a dangerous thing, kids. <laughs> that's all you got. And when you the have Suns, and you just got to shake your head. And when you are an owner what? of a franchise what running in the NBA on? draft with your team, 
uh, you need to make sure you are clear-minded and focused thinking. Uh, the the Suns, for whatever reason, give up their number six pick, go to the 11th pick, draft a guy who's supposed to be going the second round uh, based on injuries, based on lack of production. He wasn't even invited to the to the NBA draft green room, Eric. Well, that that's what was so weird and so crazy about this draft. And we've, we've kind of alluded to this leading up to it, that every draft board before last night, every mock draft that we looked at was wildly different outside of the top three or four. And uh, it, it played out that way last night. Uh, as some people were saying, you know, some of the people, uh, some of the uh, NBA front office people that we're talking to, they see this guy as a lottery guy, while others think he's a late first rounder, if that. And so sometimes you'd see a guy go way ahead of where you thought they'd go, and you'd see some guys that you thought would go early were in there forever. And it took them a long time to get like Nasir Little. He was a guy that had the Jazz stayed at the 23 spot and not traded it away. He would have been available to them. And here's a guy that uh, some people in the Jazz organization thought very highly of but didn't think they'd have a chance to get. So it was a crazy night with so many deals that were made well, before the evening was over. Well, here's the thing. is that the, Going back to the Suns, so they, they get the 11th pick. They, they skip Kobe White, and they go to Cam Jones. And then they finally, and then they get the twenty third pick, not twenty third pick, uh, twenty sixth pick, I believe. And then they finally get the point guard they wanted the whole entire time, which is in Ty Jerome. He just lasted a little bit longer than people thought. I, it was just crazy to see the Suns kind of, I, I don't know, like teeter totter. Uh, I can tell you right now, Suns fans were not happy. Uh, you, and if you don't believe me, go check their Twitter account after the Suns announced their draft pick. Look at the replies. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, in, in regards to the Jazz, now let me make something one thing clear. The Jazz are not done adding to the roster. They're not done. Free agency starts on June 30th. Negotiations can be finalized starting July 6th. Plenty of time. Jazz are adding. Uh, but, Eric, three new guys onto the roster. Two of them. One of them, excuse me. Really good score. Uh, the other one can be a good lockdown defender, maybe. Uh, but not not a bad night for the Utah Jazz, considering they didn't have a first-round pick. No. So they, they, when we heard from Tony Jones, uh, when you guys talked to him the other day, he said that what they might be looking for, especially late in the, in the draft, is versatility, positional versatility. And shooting. Uh, and, and shooting. And so what they ended up with, it, they they ended up with the fiftieth pick that was they traded a future second round pick to get to Charleston College of Charleston forward uh, Jarrell Brantley at number fifty, known as a kind of a big body guy, strong guy, um, and uh, so he kind of a, a power kind of player. Uh, they also got the fifty third pick, point guard Justin Wright Foreman from Hofstra known as a really high-scoring guard and uh, can shoot and can score multiple spots on the floor. And then from Yale, uh, a wing player in Mie Oni at the 58th pick, which they just bought from Golden State Warriors. And so uh, how many of those guys will be rotation guys right away? I don't know. I mean, they're probably all going to be at the G League. Uh, maybe maybe they work their way onto the, onto the roster. But uh, I think the Jazz saw potential. They worked these guys out. 
and uh, they're going to give them a chance to um, kind of work their way into a, an opportunity to play some minutes with them. So, I mean, they got some they got different options with these guys who they picked. Here's ESPN's NBA draft team on the draft pick of Jarrett Brantley. Last selection made by the Pacers was Jarrell Brantley from the College of Charleston. Yeah, about 6'7", intriguing body because he's about 250, 260 pounds. A few teams brought him in for workouts, and, and people were really impressed with how hard he played and then, then the body he brings into the NBA. A lot of people, didn't, myself included, wasn't sure he'd get drafted, uh, but I think that the big, strong body is what did it. Take the opportunity in those workouts to make an impression right, right there. That's and boy, exactly did it ever right. pay off for Jarrell Brantley. Celtics are on the clock. Big boy. What is he, 260? Is that what I heard, right? Yes. He's He's got some pounds to him. Uh, but again, the work ethic is something that did. And that stood out. I remember when they interviewed him uh, after, well, I guess not interviewed him, but uh, um, there was some, what would you call it, analysis after him, after he worked out with the Utah Jazz. And that was the same thing. His work ethic is what really, really, really stood out to a lot of people. Yeah, 19.4 points, 8.4 rebounds a game last season. Um, had a good showing at the Portsmouth Invitational. Um, and uh, he really looks to um, you know, Draymond Green, P.J. Tucker, as guys that he tries to model his game after. Um, he, he played well. I saw him, some clips of him playing in a three-on-three tournament that he looked really good. Uh, was able to get a guy off the dribble, so has some some good handles for a guy of that size, decent handles. So yeah, not a, not a bad pickup for the Utah Jazz. Another pick that the Jazz are excited about that I'm excited about that a lot of Jazz beat writers, including Tony Jones, Andy Larson, Eric Walden, are all excited about Eric Woodyard, Wright Foreman, six two, one ninety out of Hofstra. He averaged twenty seven points per game last season. Kid can score at will, uh, and is, has a great, great, great hands, great ball handling skills. Uh, here is the uh, analysis and the announcement of the draft pick on uh, Wright Foreman. With the 53rd pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the Utah Jazz select Justin Wright Foreman from Hofstra University. Over 20 miles or so from where we sit, the high-scoring guard from Hofstra averaged 27 a night. Well, he is a smooth lefty. He had 48 against William & Mary earlier this year. Shot 47% off the dribble. That's the 97th percentile in the country this last year. He's got every kind of move you want. I mean, he step back, fadeaways, and he's got end-to-end -end speed and transition. This dude can absolutely score, and his athleticism will hold up in the NBA. Uh, he just needs to be a better defender. But, I mean, 27 points a game. That's second in the NCAA behind Chris Clemens of, uh, of Campbell. Hold on. Hold on. Stop it. <laughs> NCAA's second leading. No, not no not conference, not division, not, not I know, western states, eastern states, top northern states. NCAA Division One second leading scorer. Uh, that it does sound appealing. Uh you remember a few years back, this is going back a ways, the sure. Jazz selected somebody who was also a really high-scoring guy, but he he rarely saw the, N, the, the an NBA court. He was always in the in the D-League. Because mm -hmm. um, all he wanted to do was score he didn't, for himself. Yeah. So you run that risk if you just go look purely at who's a high scorer. But there's some of the other intangibles that he does. 
Uh, I mean, he was named the the player of of his the player of the year for his conference. conference yep. Uh, but so was uh, Oni. So was um, uh, Brantley. All three of these guys were the the player of the year for the in their respective conferences. Um, but uh, so far, uh, it's looking pretty exciting to see what these guys can do. And and they you get some guys that have some good versatility scoring wise. Um, Wright Foreman. Yeah, don't know a ton about him, but from the early stages, looks like he's a guy that can score a lot of different ways. But uh, if he wants to be able to make it uh, in the NBA, he's got to find out a way to defend, especially yes. being undersized. Oh my gosh, Unders- and, and you know what? And undersized, but also playing under Snyder's system. Snyder has made it very, very clear and crystal dry to you that if you can't play defense, you can't be on the court because I can't have you giving up 50 points to another guy. You're you know, you're a man. Which by the way in the NBA there's a uh, a handful there is a chuck full of players who can put up any 50 on any given night. And uh the Jazz will face a ton of them in the Western Conference coming up in 2019-2020 season. Here is Justin Zanuck's comments. Really, I'm going to read it really quickly for on Justin Wright Foreman. Uh he says, "Quote, he can score at all three levels." He had to uh, he had to have a big load in college. As he transitions to the NBA, that's not the role that's going to be available to him early. If he can grow into that, great. But if he can, but he can make shots. He can make open shots. He can create shots for himself. Anytime you're going to acquire those type of qualities, whether that's a guard, wing, big, you want to go after them. Every guy that comes into the league needs to work on things. They're not fully formed players. It's a role shift. How do you adapt? His open shot making and quickness. He's very secure with the ball in his hands. However, coach wants to use him. That's a good start. It's a great point. I especially want to go back to one of the early things that he said, that he had a big load in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of these guys come from smaller level programs. Where they were the guy. Right. They're not mid. They're not power schools and power conferences. Um, they're mid-major schools. And some of these guys... When you get to this to these levels, sometimes you have guys that really have to carry a lot on their own shoulders, and to help their teammates out in order to get wins. Um, and when you get to the NBA, especially the level with the Utah Jazz, you don't have to do that. Um, so that there is some uh, a, a paradigm shift in their own minds about how they fit in. But uh, the other thing too, though, is. With, will be interesting with these guys, they had to carry a lot of load themselves before, but when they're surrounded by NBA really good talent, how much easier will that be for them to do what they're really good at? And so that's what will be kind of fun to see how they develop, if they learn the system, if they are able to adapt to that system. And if they don't, then they're second rounders. They're not guaranteed anything. So the Jazz can easily say, good try, good effort, go have fun somewhere else. Absolutely. And the final pick, uh, Mr. – now, how do you say his name? Is it Mie Oni or Ani? Sure. <laughs> I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> and, and like when Zanuck, and when Zanuck pronounced it, he don't think he was sure when he said it either. And, that, and maybe he was. That's no disrespect to him. He's the doggone player development, you know, GM guy. But uh, he's 6'6", 210, 21 years old. He comes out of Yale, so another small school, school sky, like you said. Two-time conference player he's of a sh- the year. Yeah, shooting guard. He scored a career at 29 points 
on 10 of 15 shots versus Miami, which uh, was, by the way, actually pretty impressive. Uh, but another guy who can score. Again, Snyder's system isn't about you just scoring. It's more so an and and emphatically more so on can you guard the guy in front of you? Can you keep the guy in front of you from the hoop? Right. What he brings is some versatility. Uh, I think he's got some length. Uh, he's six foot six tall, but his wingspan is six eleven, um, and he can shoot from outside. Uh, he he can play a couple different positions. I believe uh, that's uh, one of the more difficult positions to guard in the NBA. Is that about that size, six six to well about six five to six seven? There's so many great talented players at that size in the NBA. But you know how, what is his defensive ability? That's still a little bit to be t- to determined, but um, you know, with that length that he has, that's going to give him an edge up. Uh, Justin Zanuck's thoughts on Ani? I'm going to call him Ani until I've been corrected unless Justin Zanuck calls me and says, get it right. Quote, what we like is his defensive ability. Even though he was a main scorer at Yale, his open shooting making, his open shoot, man, he phrased that weird, being able to contest shots and use his length, as you said, his wingspan, Eric, I think he can develop a defender at first and an open shot maker as he develops, end quote. And on dot, what you said. Here is more of Justin Zanuck and his thoughts on the, the three draft picks for the Utah Jazz. Athleticism, skill, uh, different positions, um, chances to you know, maybe create some depth going forward in the roster. So uh, a little bit crazy in the second round. Um, trying to uh, you know, move into position, and we were able to, David Morway uh, did a great job getting us uh, the first pick, and then we were able to acquire a late pick too. So Jarrell Brantley, Justin Wright Foreman both worked out for us. Um, Yay Oni performed well at the combine, we got a chance to interview him, and uh, all those guys are, we're really excited to have them, and they, they fit what we're looking for as far as um, jazz players now and going forward. Again, and, and then there's more of it, as, as big as the, the workout is on the court, when these general managers, assistant GMs, player development personnel men meet with the players and interview them, that is a larger aspect that they are looking for as well. You don't want to draft a guy who's going to come in there, get on a social media, tweet a bunch of dumb things, act like a nimrod, and, and, and make bad decisions before he can even step on the court. You want a guy who's able to handle himself maturely on and off the court. All three guys did, um, and he had noted that earlier in his uh, in his uh, press conference, I guess post draft press conference, um, that all three of them interviewed extremely well with uh, everybody involved, and that's that stood out to them, Eric. A couple of the things, uh, all all three of these guys, um, they like as we mentioned earlier, they come from smaller conferences, they come from mid major programs. Uh, they all are multi-year guys in school. None of them are one and dones. Um, and so it was. You know, they, they've. They, there's a lot of film on them, which is good. Uh, they've they've had time to adapt to a higher level and try to compete. And so sometimes you wonder uh, about the one and dones, how well they convert to the NBA because they're just figuring out. What a uh, what that step is that step up is and how it affects them and how they fit into that. Uh, but these guys have been at the college experience for a couple of years. 
Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be a big step up and a big change for them, but I don't know that it's going to be real drastic. Uh, and there's there's a lot of film on them. So they've been able to watch them uh, and, and see how they've developed and, and grown. Um, and there's an interesting comment from Zanuck. He says, there's a saying that if you play in college and you're good enough, the NBA will find you. These guys were all known commodities. So, um, you know, at what point do they get incorporated? Uh, which guys are just strictly in the G League? Which guys have two-way contracts so they play on the roster at some points and then in the G League at others? Or how many of these guys just don't make it? Um, we don't know yet. But uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, who gets who gets invited? Who gets to sign one of these uh, uh, opportunities to come work out for a team even though they weren't drafted? Yeah. And that was one of the other things that I saw in the in the draft I wanted to point out was I thought it was a pretty good night for the Mountain West Conference. Oh, a great night. Really good night for the Mountain West Conference, Eric. Yeah, uh, Cody Martin. Drafted uh, a lot sooner than many expected. Yes. Um, uh, James from Wyoming. Jalen McDaniels. And Jalen McDaniels. San Diego State. So those guys got drafted. Uh, I understand there's a few other players that have signed some deals. I believe Jordan Caroline's done signed something with the Lakers, um, but uh, they're it was. I thought it was a good night for the uh, Mountain West Conference and getting some guys on some NBA teams. Uh, looking at the top ten picks for the NBA draft, they go as is. Surprise, surprise. Zion Williamson, the six foot six, two hundred eighty five phenom, who is going to make an absolute appearance. When he steps onto an NBA court, is the uh, first pick, and he goes to New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, John Morant, Murray State, will head to Memphis. R.J. Barrett will be going uh, to the Knicks. That is the first um, time in 45 years that the Knicks have been excited about a draft pick. DeAndre Hunter will be going to the Atlanta Hawks. Darius Garland will be going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jared Culver will be going to Minnesota. Kobe White to Chicago. Jackson Hayes to New Orleans. Uh, real Harshamir, I'm going to butcher that, from Gonzaga is going number 9. Cam Reddish, number 10, the dude product, uh, will cap off the top 10 picks. So, uh, again, a really, really good day uh, for, for some of these teams. Some A weird day for some of them. Yes, Boston. Yes, Phoenix are on that list. Brandon Clark of Gonzaga falls to the 21st pick. Matisse Thibel, who I was really excited about, goes 20. To fill to the uh, he's gonna actually go to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's via a trade on that pick. Um, where did Cody Martin? He went in round two then, huh? Yeah, he was a second rounder, early or no? He was late. Uh, yeah. So Jalen McDaniels went 22nd to the Charlotte Hornets. That's a great pick for them. Oof. Uh, and then Justin James of Wyoming. He goes to Sacramento Kings. He was uh, the 10th pick in the second round, 40th pick overall. And Cody Martin from Nevada is going to the Charlotte Hornets as well. He's the sixth pick, number 36 overall. I am still really surprised and I that Kelo Martin wasn't on this in, in these draft, but I guarantee you he'll find a team and he'll be successful. I think Caleb is just as good as Cody is. Um, they're similar. I, I think certainly their body types are the same. <laughs> they're twins. But I think that the I think Cody is a little bit more of a I can make something happen kind of a player. No way, Caleb is. Um, I don't know. I, I Caleb I, could create off the dribble like nobody's business. His shot was ugly and it still went in, but he was a really good playmaker. Well, maybe that's what's holding him back is that that that, that funky shot. shot. Yeah. 
But uh, the next couple of days still going to be very interesting in the NBA. Uh, certainly, it's going to pick up again in a couple of days here when free agency oh my really kicks off. Lighting this place on fire. In light of what's happening in free agency, I think that had a big effect on what happened last night. Good point. Good because point. Because teams are like, look, we want to make sure we have cap space to go after the free agents we want. So we don't want these guaranteed contracts that come with some of these guys in the in the first round. And so they were willing to trade out uh, or trade down to avoid the cap space that would hit them. So I think it was after the first four, three, four guys in the draft, uh, maybe you could go even a little bit farther than that. But the, the top part was really good players. After that, there was a lot of parody that looks like there could be some good players, but are they going to be transformational players? And I don't think you could make that argument very strongly. So I think a lot of teams are like, look, we feel like we can get a similar type player that can help us later in the draft without having the the, uh, the hit on our cap space. And we want to be able to have that money to go after a guarantee what we know, free agent, a known commodity in free agency. Uh, and, and I gotta, we gotta take a step aside, but I want to ask you: Should they change? Should they make a change in the way that they do the NBA draft in light of so many changes that happen and so many trades that take place? And I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna explain why I think that they should make some change. But um, I just wonder with everything that happened last night, should the NBA be considering changes the way they do the draft? I like that. Uh, let's talk about that after the break. And we'll also get into our uh, – we're going to get into our list. This is something that we've been teasing about for two or three days. Five uh, best. The five best list. This one is going to be fun. The top five jazz trades. And you'll be kind of intrigued. I actually learned something out of this. Um, and you'll be intrigued by one of them way back in the day that would have brought you all sorts of hype and potential if it would have happened. But for good reasons, it didn't. And that's all coming up more here. Eric Franson, Audrey Salveson. It's Friday! It's on the Full Court Press. 1069, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's Eric Franson, Audrey Salveson, 430 your time here on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM. We're grateful for however, wherever you are. Joining us on the radio airwaves. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, Eric, you brought up an interesting question just before we went to break. What changes would you like to see in the NBA draft? Uh, I want to, I'm, so I'm going to let you, since you brought up the question, you, you, you teased that you had a reason why or things that you want to change. Uh, go. Well, yeah, but I, there were so many uh, draft changes over the course of the night, and we've seen this before. Every time you look at any image about the draft night from a few years ago when Donovan Mitchell was selected, he's on the stage with the Denver Nuggets behind him and wearing a Nuggets hat. And the same thing with Rudy Gobert. Even though everybody knew that he was was going to be... He was drafted. He was really drafted by the Jazz. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But forever... There will be images of Donovan Mitchell shaking the hand of the commissioner wearing Wearing a goofy Denver Nuggets Nuggets hat with the Nuggets splashed behind him. And that happened so much last night. How how many? 17, 18? uh, Maybe it wasn't that many. 15 or 16 trades that happened and and the way things moved on draft night. 
So my question is, should the draft night change so that it's not so much about um, even with the, the fourth selection, it was going to be the Lakers, but then it got traded to the Pelicans, but then they traded it away to the, who, the Hawks? Yep. So, I mean, it already changed so many different hands before uh, the the selection actually got made. So, does do the people running the 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 animations and everything need to be further up to speed? That's a good question. Do you need a little bit of a window? Like, put your draft. This teams need to to submit what your draft is going to be, and if there's going to be a trade, you have to do that, and you have to give us at least what sixty seconds. Yeah, you have to to, to swap out the, the images and yeah. whatnot because it just seems ridiculous that. Uh, they announce this trade. Player goes up there. He grabs the cap. He shakes the kids' hands. He goes up there. He shakes the commissioner. And there's colors everywhere. The team logos. And he's never going to end up on that team. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you. Just, or do you just do something very generic and just say NBA draft? Uh, no, I'm with you. I feel like they're talented, and that we're in the day and age where you can make those changes. Right. You you like can that. digitally. You can make if the keystroke. You can make that change. And, yeah, and, make and you different. go to them. You swap the hats. Hey, you're taking this one. Get out there. Have fun. Good luck. They don't care. They're getting drafted in the NBA. Right. Uh, all that matters it's to them like, is what no, number I got. Drafted. I want the B on my hat. I want the blue part. I want no. They don't you're, give a crap. Am I am I the tenth pick? Am I the fortieth pick? I mean, that's they're getting a twelve thousand dollar watch with. They get it. a walk up on a stage, oh, shake man. someone's hand. Get free Beats headphones in the in the backstage. Brand I mean, new watch. Yeah, so I, I just it just seemed ridiculous, and it was so hard to follow along that last night as more trades happened. And I get it. There were some cases too where somebody was drafted by one team, and we didn't know that it was going to happen to somebody else. Like Jarrell uh, Brantley, I, I didn't know that until this morning that that pick actually went to the Jazz. I, I knew that the that Oni to to Yale, who was selected 58th by the Golden State Warriors, that the Jazz had purchased that, but the one before I didn't I didn't I didn't know that earlier and, and when it happened in the moment. So I get it that sometimes they're not gonna get that information, and sometimes these trades happen after the fact officially. But it seems like we're in a day and age where you can swap out a digital sign so fast that there should be some kind of a clearinghouse window that you you. Submit it. You have a deadline to submit the information, and you you give the technical people a little bit of time to swap something out, to change the images, so that when they're walking up on stage, it really is the team they're going to end up with. Do you remember when, uh, I mean, well, I say do you remember, and it just happened, but the uh, lottery picks and how, like, the, I mean, they they messed up big time because they accidentally put New Orleans up there early. Which meant that New Orleans was going to be in the top three, which meant a team had got kicked out. So, like, I just feel like the NBA struggled with a lot of things this year, but more so is with the graphics and putting them up correctly, and especially in the draft actors. A couple of times, I was kind of curious what was going on, because uh, did one of the graphics say uh, what needs does the team have, and it said everything. <laughs> I can't remember what team it was, but it said everything, and I was like, man, someone's either going to get fired or. <laughs> Or they're being super honest. Hey, really quickly, the Salt Lake City Summer League will uh, be, uh, again, going on here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. You can get your tickets at utahjazz.com or at uh, nbasummerleague.com. It will go like this. Monday, July 1st, Utah will play Memphis at 7 p.m. 
Uh, Tuesday, July 2nd, Cleveland. And Wednesday, July 3rd, San Antonio, all of those are at 7 p.m. All of those are at Vivint Smart Home Arena. And then about three days later, they'll be headed to Las Vegas to play in the MGM Resorts NBA Summer League, where they'll face Oklahoma City on July 6th, Miami Heat July 7th, Portland Trail Blazers July 9th, Houston Rockets July 11th, and then July 12th to the 15th, it'll be a tournament play. Opponents, times, and venues will be to be determined. The first three games in Vegas will be at Cox Pavilion, the final one at the Thomas and Max Center. Uh, I, I always enjoy those Summer League games. Those are actually pretty fun to watch. I remember Donovan Mitchell's first Summer League game, and Tony Jones tweeted out the following. He will not need another Summer League game the rest of his career. After his first game, he knew. Everybody knew how good he was. It, it's always fun to see the talent like that showcase themselves on the court. Yeah, that's true. It's it's fun. I remember I, w- I went down with my boys uh, a couple years ago. Uh, they usually do a fun atmosphere outside the arena. Oh, yeah. It's really low-key. Uh, the, the basketball on the court can be pretty sloppy, <laughs> to be honest. And it's really sloppy. Not that entertaining. But you get to see some young prospects and some guys that uh, might be really some difference makers in the NBA. Hey, kind of a stupid question, because I know they broadcast the games or David Locke does do the games. Do you guys do him on here or no? Not to my knowledge. Not strong. No. Okay. I was just wondering. Uh, but, I mean, I, I mean, but I mean, like not, you said, it's not, summer league basketball. Nobody really cares. Yeah, it didn't it didn't used to be because it was on a different station with some different priorities. On this one, I don't know. It could be different. But By the way, uh, Zion Williamson will not be participating in summer league. Uh, he has opted out, and uh, the Pelicans have agreed to not let him play in summer league, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, that. Yeah, we've seen enough of Zion Williamson. We know how good he is. Right. So, uh, it should be fun nonetheless. Uh, Eric, do you should we go to break before we come back to our jazz trades? Yeah, let's list? go to our our five best uh, on the other side of this timeout. Let's get into the. I can't wait for this man. This is something we'll be doing throughout. Uh, well, it's going to be a regular feature on the full court press. It'll it'll vary. You know, today we're going to be talking about five best jazz trades over the years, and uh, it could be a variety of different things that we discuss over the course of doing this. But we'll give you our thoughts about. Um, some of the the five best of of whatever, and and for this one, we're going back through the uh, the annals of time, looking at the Utah Jazz and their history and different trades that they've made. There's been a lot of trades here and there, but some of the the, the top ones that really stand out over the years. Some of them are going to be more notable than others. Our number one might be the same. All right, Eric France and AJ Salves at one hundred six nine FM thirteen ninety AM, the fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Audrey Salveson, 440 years of your time here on Friday. Congratulations, you made it to the weekend. Thanks for joining us, however you are listening. Wherever you are listening, we appreciate you greatly. Uh, we are starting a new segment, as Eric's already teased about before uh, this break. Uh, it's going to be called The List, and it's simply our top five things of a certain category. And the categories can relate to the week, the day, an event that's happening, or something in the future. This one is going to be the top five jazz trades based on the fact that the jazz has made a trade for Mike Conley giving up Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, and Grayson Allen, and two first-round picks, one of those being last night's 23rd first-rounder. Uh, Eric, how, okay, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to do like, you say five, I say five, you say four, I say four, or do you want to just give your five, I'll give my five? What do you, I say we split it. Okay, I'm done with that. Okay, so what's your fifth? Um... My my fifth I've is a little different because I kind of 
lumped it together. I think I might know you're going with this, and this one might be higher for me. Um, I because I, I've I've called it draft trades. Yeah, we lumped it. Yeah, and then yeah, so we yeah, mine's just higher. I'm kind of cheating. No, 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 it's okay. I went the same way, Eric. <laughs> okay, so uh, I and these, if I were to put these in order, uh, I'd say the 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 top draft trade would be when the Jazz sent their number six and twenty seventh picks to Portland to move up to get the number third, the number three pick, and get Darren Williams. Uh, and then uh, the next one would be when they sent the 46th pick in cash to Denver to get the 27th pick to land Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. And then the <laughs> next Denver. one on the list, 24th pick in Trey Lyles to Denver <laughs> for the 13th pick to get Donovan Mitchell. So my number five is kind of a combination no, of no, no, I got you. draft can, trades. Can I? I mean, we got some time. I got to ask you, I at the Denver's expense... Doesn't it make you laugh? Like, hey, Denver, we need your help. We got to get this one guy. <laughs> I know. Hey, we got to get Rudy Gobert. Going to be willing to do any more wheeling and dealing with Denver. I know we just, I know we just robbed you last year and got Rudy Gobert. We need your help again. Uh, we are going to give you Trey Lyles. Really good. Has a great attitude. Loves three-hour practices, and we'll give you our first-round pick. We just need this one guy named Donovan Mitchell, who's going to be running up to rookie of the year to a guy who's played four years already, and uh, <laughs> he's going to be a future star, Donovan Mitchell. If you could just help, yeah, sure, whatever you need. Let's give you whatever you need. And then eat us alive. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, my fifth, now think about this. Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton was a duo, a ten, and one of the greatest in NBA history. Yes. They were this close from adding a third Hall of Famer to that list. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And his name is Dominique, the highlight reel, Wilkins. That's right. It is one of the most arguably lopsided trades in NBA history, but it had to happen because the Jazz were so financially strained in the worst of ways. They were approaching insolvency. I mean, the whole franchise was about to fold. Well, well yeah, where they were in a full and they were no longer going to be a basketball team. So they instead, they traded Dominic Wilkins <laughs> to the Hawks in exchange for John Drew, Freeman Williams, and $1 million to keep the organization solvent. Freeman and Drew did not last on the team after one year. Dominique Wilkins, you well, you know. <laughs> yeah, we know what he did. That's my number five. Number number four, Eric. All right, my number four, Gordon Gerachek. <laughs> yes. To the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> do you remember that guy, Gordon Gerachek? I do. I do. And in place of him, the Jazz got Mr. Kyle Korver. Uh, I thought that his outside shooting and when the early 2000s, the way he helped the Jazz be relevant and competitive, uh, he was a sharp shooter that uh, took the Jazz to some new levels. I like, and you know what, boy, Corver. And then felt, part two of that is Alec Burke to Cleveland to get Kyle Corver a second go around. But and you know what, Kyle Corver, the first time Kyle, first time Kyle Corver wasn't sure about it. He really wasn't. He was kind of like. Ah, uh, you know, everyone keeps calling me Ashton Kutcher. It's really uncomfortable. I want to go back. No one knows me. You, know, you like the Philly thing. And then about, I, I think it was about three months in, he said, that it was said that he loved it. He loved the Jerry. He loved Jerry Sloan. He loved the teammates, Darren, Carlos, uh, the whole entire stigma of Utah. He loved it. That was a great squad. And oh my gosh. Boozer, they went 37-4 and four in 2008 at home. Kyle Thirty-seven Corver, and Williams. flipping four, man. That was a good group. That's My good number group. four. Uh, now we all think about like the whole 
like the blow up between Darren Williams and, and, and Jerry Sloan, there was a blow up before that of another star that resulted in him getting booted out, and that's Adrian Dantley mm. going to Detroit. Uh, it was it was in the '79 season. Uh, Dantley was one of the best scorers. In, in fact, he was uh, uh, the leading scorer in in '81 and '84. Um, but he had issues with Frank Lane, and Frank Lane just couldn't stand Dantley after a while. And there was a holdout where, to like Frank Lane said in public into the media, he said. Adrian Dantley's keeping this franchise hostage. Yeah, it was nasty. So late, so Frank Layden, prior to the '86 season, sent Dantley to uh, to Detroit for two future second round picks, one of the best scores in Utah Jazz history, and he got sent for two second rounders. Yeah, it was it was so spiteful at how they got how they. Ended his uh, career in in what they got out in return. It was just ridiculous. By the way, Pistons also gave up Kelly Trapuka and center Kent Benson. By the way, and again, those guys only lasted for one season in Utah. Uh, but, I, but as we all know, they made kiss and made up. They're okay. Jersey's been retired here in uh, in Salt Lake City, so they're all better. More to come on something similar to that. Yes, yeah, and that leads to my number three, and that's the Darren Williams trade to the Nets for Derek Favors and Devin Harris. People uh, have a short memory on Devin Harris. He he kind of helped stabilize some things. Even though the Jazz didn't make the playoffs that year, uh, he was a guard that was able to score and do a lot of different things for the Jazz to kind of hold the fort down at a very tense time where it could have been really, really ugly for the franchise. But uh, Derek Favors has been here since then. He's been a staple of the Utah Jazz. Uh, and that's my number three. That is my number three as well. I want to ask you, uh, do you where? I mean, do you remember where you were when you heard that news? I was at that game. Uh, Chicago, right? Yeah, it was against Chicago. the Bulls. And uh, driving home, we would always listen to the post game, and you'd always hear the coach's comments, hear what Jerry Sloan had to say, and they were commenting on how odd it was that Jerry hadn't come out yet. He was never that minutes. late. And they'd go on, they'd talk about other things, they'd, they'd throw it back, is Jerry ready? He still hasn't come out. And it was just, but we got home and we never heard from Jerry. It was really, really weird. So we knew something was amiss. And then the next day, the news started to break and we were just shocked. I talked to Scott Gerard about that because he was sitting in the press room waiting for him. And everybody was just like murmuring and voicing and talking out louder and louder like, where is Jerry? And and so at halftime, I mean, and there's two different stories. Right? Darren has one. Jerry, well, Greg Miller has one. Uh, but to Darren, it was like, you know, my bad. But then Greg says, Darren didn't shut up. Darren always had to have the last word with Jerry. And finally, Jerry's like, I'm out. And he walked by Greg and he said, I want to chat, I want a word with you after the game. Darren was standing right there and he said, I want to be in that meeting too. And then Greg chased after Jerry and said, look, you know, 100 times out of 100, we take you over Darren. And then Jerry's like, I don't know how much I have left in me to do this anymore. He went to the uh, office after, said the exact same thing to him. Uh, they, they begged him. They begged him. They begged him. They begged him. They begged him to come back. And Jerry said no. So then they got so the best part, and I talked to Phil Johnson about this, a longtime assistant. I had a chat with him about it, and he and he was about as stern as he to me as he was with Greg um, when when the Chaz approached him and said, "Hey, we want you to have the head coaching job. It's your time." And Phil's like, "No, I'm not doing it. If Jerry's not here, I'm not here." And they said, "No, no, no, it'll be great for her." And he said, 
I'm done. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And then they asked him, did Jerry tell you to say that? And he sa- And then Phil said, not even Jerry tells me what to do. And, I mean, that was just kind of it, you know. And then all of a sudden, Tyrone Corbin, and God bless his heart, the hardest situation he could have asked for, he handled it so well. Yeah, that was. those were crazy, crazy times. Uh, the, the Jazz clearly had some, you could tell things weren't quite the same, even though this was a team that had been to the Western Conference Finals, had a lot of young promise and, and some good talent, but there seemed to be some dysfunction. It wasn't quite working out. Jazz uh, were looking to trade uh, Darren. Uh, Jerry wanted to bench him. They uh, wanted to make sure they would get max value out of him. They didn't want Jerry to bench him, and then he was just like, "Look, I'm not going to play these games. I'm done." <laughs> but that was uh, that was a big deal. That was a bi- that has that goes down in jazz legend about uh, some of the events in their history. All right, so we're a little bit late. Let's go to number uh, two. Number two, I'm going to go back to Adrian Dantley, uh, the okay. trade that originally brought him to Utah. He was originally with the Lakers. Um, at the the Utah Jazz sent uh, well New Orleans Jazz sent Spencer Haywood uh, to Los Angeles to get Adrian Dantley. Dantley became a six uh, six time All Star wearing a Jazz uniform, averaged thirty points a game four different seasons, uh, and because of that, he's in the two thousand eight Hall of Fame. His jersey is now in the rafters down there in Salt Lake City. So uh, that was a big one, uh, I think, in the history of the Utah Jazz. My number two is the most recent of them all, Mike Conley coming here to Utah. Uh, I, I, I look at that, and you, you've, I've never heard Tony Jones be so excited and speak so highly of a Jazz team he hasn't seen yet. We haven't seen what the Utah Jazz are going to look like this upcoming season. But to Tony Jones, with the addition of Mike Conley coming to this team, and the minus of Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, and Jay Crowder, he says they're one of the top three teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, uh, it's very, certainly exciting, but until they've done anything, I have a hard time putting that on a sure. top five right now because we don't know. We still don't know. Uh, my number my number one uh, is when Jeff Malone, they've been with the Jazz for a while, but they realized they just they kind of hit their ceiling with him. They needed somebody who would be more consistent shooter, especially on the three-point arc. And that's when they brought in Jeff Hornacek from the Sixers. And uh, with him in the lineup, the Jazz got to the NBA Finals twice. Weren't able to get it over the hump against Michael and the Bulls, but uh, he helped get them there. I think without him, I'm not sure they would have gotten there. But uh, Jeff Hornacek uh, for Jeff Malone, that's, that's for me the number one trade in Jazz history. My number one is Donovan Mitchell coming here. Uh, how you can... Like, I mean, not rob the Nuggets once, but twice. I mean, at some point, if you're the Nuggets, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The last time we did this, they got Rudy Gobert. How do we not know they got somebody else in mind? And to get Donovan Mitchell, who saved this city from it, like, devouring itself because they lost Gordon Hayward. They were wondering if they are going to ever recover. They finally got to this top with Gordon Hayward, won a, won a playoff series in seven games on the road to L.A. They didn't know what they were going to get out of it. Don Mitchell comes in, and I, like I said, after game one in a summer league, everyone said, that kid's going to be special. And now you see what he's doing and what he's done in the respect that he's earned. He's now on the, the Team USA roster, um, not, for the, uh, not for the Olympics, but just for this FIBA summer thing, uh, which is just amazing in itself. And, and, and what Donovan Mitchell has done to the city off the court, too. 
and the way he's you know treated the state of Utah has been amazing. So that is my number one. Yeah, there's been some interesting trades the Jazz have done. Not not really a, a lot. I don't. It's kind of hard to think beyond some of the ones that we've discussed that go much uh, <laughs> with more impact. Um, but uh, the Jazz have, uh, I think they've tried to draft smartly. Yeah, they've had some duds over the years. Sure. But um, they've what they've been able to do is either through the draft or through some of these trades. They don't. They really haven't had a lot of success. Uh, getting free agents to come here that have been big difference makers. So the next uh, week or two is going to be interesting to see if that changes, though. All right, coming back, we'll put a pretty bow on it. Call the weekend for you and for I. It's Eric Franson and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. 106 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson, it's Friday. Thanks for joining us, however, wherever you are. We appreciate you for joining us from 4 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday on 106 and 1390 in the fan. We'll be 4 to 5 until about the second week of August where we put it back into full gear. Two hours of Aggie football talk. Nowhere, and I mean nowhere in the state of Utah or in the country itself, gives you better Aggie coverage then 1069 FM 1390 AM the fan and our sister station on game days, KVNU 610 AM starring Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, and Rainbow, if he's coming back. And we hope so. We hope so. The former Logan product has been wonderful on these on uh, on his coverage of the uh the Utah State Aggies. Can't wait to get back into it, Eric. Almost there. Yeah, me too. Uh and uh, we've got some fun things we're planning. It's gonna be bigger and better than we've uh, ever done before. So uh, Which is how we do it. Can't wait. We can. Can't wait. Can't wait to give it to you. Uh, Eric, coming up this weekend, the College World Series is still on its way. Michigan has advanced to the championship game for Monday night, smashing Texas Tech. A 15-3 is their final Vanderbilt-Louisville tonight. Louisville is an elimination stage. They, are, they have won their last five elimination games. Vanderbilt, 2-0, and oh, looking to remain hot and to uh, face a very, very, very well oil machine in the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, that game is at 5 o'clock here in just a few minutes on ESPN. Uh, in just about 16 seconds. Eric, anything you're looking forward to the weekend? Yeah, I'm looking forward to winning the pick six, though we have to wait till Monday because one of your picks was actually on Monday. I swear it said Sunday. Usually it's a weekend thing, but you wanted a Monday night thing, so we'll roll with it. Good night, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The sports world can be a pretty cynical place. All you have to do is go to Twitter any time, day or night. But last night's NBA draft had moments that were a pretty good antidote to all the negativity. The emotional reactions of the players being drafted was remarkable. After Zion gave a tear-filled tribute to his mom, it was on. Players were crying. Parents were crying. I'm sure some viewers were crying. We read mock drafts and sometimes think of players like pieces on a chessboard. But that's a disservice to them for all the work they put in to get here. Now these young men will embark on what should be lucrative careers. Maybe someday they'll look back and wonder what they were thinking crying on national TV. And they definitely might regret their fashion choices. But for us basketball fans, it's all good. Hopefully these players will hold on to that passion in the years to come when they're entertaining us in the NBA. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.